Hey everyone, and welcome to another great episode of Turban Thinker. So today we're gonna to be talking philanthropy and specifically philanthropy with El Walid Foundation, which is a charitable and philanthropic organization founded by His Royal Highness Prince El Walid bin Talal bin Abdul Aziz Al Saud of Saudi Arabia. The foundation goes back to well over a 40 years or so, and their main mission is to help alleviate suffering and transcend international borders globally. A huge mission and completely inspiring because throughout the years they've absolutely evidenced it as they've gone wrong. This has been centered around a very holistic approach, which is primarily on developmental, cultural, educational and health investments. Mostly through the humanitarian work with the partners and the community institutions that they work with, focusing on women and children in particular. And today I'm really excited and very, very glad to be joined by Reem Abu Khayyad, Manager for PR and Media with El Walid Philanthropies. So Reem joined El Walid a little over two years ago, so in 2018, and supports the media and communications function, playing a key role in shaping their image, driving awareness of their programs, and using communication to bring out the partnerships and the community spirit. And in her role, she supports the delivery of the strategy for communication and leads on the advertising campaigns, developing the content, media relations, social media management, which is a huge task in itself. And of course, event planning and all the logistics that go through with it. So we have a lot to talk to Reem about today. Before joining AP, which is El Walid Philanthropies, Reem had a political, was a political analyst intern with the National Council on US and Arab Relations in Washington, DC. So Reem, welcome to Turban Thinker. It's really great to have you join me today. Thank you, thank you, Asiya. Thank you for having me in the Turban Thinker. No, it's, 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 it's a pleasure. So we have a lot to talk about with the amazing work that the, you know, the, the philanthropic objectives of El Walid. So I want to first of all introduce my audience to really the inspiration behind the philanthropy and if you can give us a lot more about the organization itself. Well uh, let me let me first uh, begin by saying 2020 is an important milestone for us at uh, El Walid Philanthropies as we mark our 40th uh, anniversary. For wow that's amazing. Yes, for four decades, um, we have supported and initiated uh, projects in over 189 countries, regardless of gender, race, or religion. And uh, most importantly, our team uh, led by 10 Saudi women, and we work on a variety of projects across four main pillars, uh, which are women and youth empowerment, community development, disaster relief, and uh, culture understanding. And uh, we are also uh, proud to have reached in, uh, more than uh, 1 billion beneficiaries for this year. That's, that's phenomenal, Reem. And I mean, wonderful for you to actually start the conversation by saying 2020 is a great milestone for us. And that makes a very positive introduction because obviously we're going to talk about later, you know, the challenges that 2020 has. So huge celebrations for you and obviously some really remarkable achievements. So tell us about El Walid throughout philanthropies, the, the works that they do, sort of an overview. Yes, I, I want to start by, of course, saying, you know, the, the work over here is, is guided by uh, His Royal Highness uh, vision, you know, our, our chairman, um, uh, His Royal Highness Prince Walid bin Talal, who uh, pledged his entire wealth 
uh, to the philanthropy back in 2015. Um, you know, the, the, also the vision that uh, guides and inspires our work is to contribute to a world of tolerance and uh, accepting equality and opportunity for all. So remarkable vision and actually phenomenal that you just said that, you know, his highness pledged his wealth to support and, 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 you know, obviously continue the vision and realizing the vision of the foundation. It, that's absolutely remarkable. One thing that of course captures everybody's attention. And when you land on your site, you have a very big statement and focus on human first. You use that continuously throughout your communication. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means to you? What is that statement that guides and supports your initiatives? Well, to, you know, at, at first, to follow that vision, you know, to, to contribute to a more compassionate, tolerant, and accepting world, you know, you have to place the needs of people at the heart of uh, the project. You know, we do not look at the race or religion or, or, the, or you know, the religion of those who's in need, but what, what is needed uh, and how we provide it. You know, ultimately, no matter the borders or the barriers, we think of human first. And, and with that approach, uh, human first, it guides all the work that we do and, and the project that we support. You know, exploring the resources are required, you know, both immediately and most importantly, the, the long term. You know, just a, a great example of this and, uh, you know, our uh, most recent COVID-19 emergency response where we have reached out to our partners, we reallocated and provided additional funding to, you know, support those in, in need, um, particularly in Middle East and in Africa. Um, this, this pandemic, you know, forced us to stay home and be safe, but other people, you know, they were less fortunate to have just a roof on top of their head. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. that's, you know, that's why we have partnered with the UN Habitat just to establish shelters which help, you know, self-isolation and, and curb the spread of uh, COVID-19 in this uh, post-conflicted countries, you know, across the uh, Middle East. Uh, that, that's, it's incredible. And, and the fact that you're absolutely right, you know, millions of people have suffered without the basic, just the basic ability to, you know, isolate and, and protect themselves. And for you to have, you know, put that as a priority is, is, is wonderful. And, and clearly, you know, this is something that was a huge priority for everybody, you know, and for you to be able to support that and make that difference is, is it certainly a key proud moment for sure. The foundation, you know, says it's or prides itself, let's say, as a catalyst for change. And over the years, you've done so many different initiatives and you've supported a lot of the Saudi society, obviously. So could you tell us about specific initiatives that you're particularly proud of? And Actually, I, I really hate questions like that. I mean, you know, it's like this, this uh, dilemma because getting my guests to try to pinpoint, you know, an initiative that probably is most proud when every single one is as proud as the other, if not. So, but can you single out something that you felt created a really significant social impact? Yeah, uh, and you know, and we need philanthropies 
has a long history in Saudi Arabia. I mean, that's where it started um, partnering with, with government and non-government organizations to overcome social, economic, or culture, uh, culture, cultural changes. Over the last four years, you know, we have proudly worked with a variety of projects in Saudi Arabia. And, you know, you were right. It is, it is really hard to uh, pick up, you know, a lot of projects that you have worked and, and really proud of. But we can mention, you know, most recent ones, such as um, uh, Captina project, where we have partnered with Kareem, which is the replica version of yeah. Where we have pledged uh, 100 cars as part of the efforts to to provide you know greater access for women to you know participate in a society and, and equal opportunities and uh, for em employment, and also you know another another related example uh, would be where we have pledged specialized cars for those with uh, lower body disabilities as yeah. part of Harakiya uh, initiative. And uh, this initi initiative aims to help youth, both male and female, with uh, physical disabilities to secure jobs as independent uh, drivers. Oh, that, that's absolutely, you know, so inspiring. And clearly, it, it, it's making such waves and changes as we see sort of Saudi go through so many exciting, you know, um, movements and changes over the last year and a half and the last few years with the 2030 vision, that, that's a, a great initiative. And something that you just mentioned, which I sort of alluded to in the intro is I spoke about your focus on women and children in particular. And when you, you know, mentioned two remarkable things, one is that you're supporting women through enabling them now to have that sort of place when it's holding jobs and participating in society as drivers, which is fantastic you know knowing that that's a very recent thing and of course you know uh, individuals with disabilities it is remarkable so truly bringing in you know that the society and making that impact so i want to talk to you about the whole also focus for you about you know for el walid on empowering women and youth and you know that segment of the population is obviously very important to you so how is it that you want to sort of empower and how have you empowered women and youth in the past and what is it that you'll be doing in the future if you can share with us uh yes you know as as i mentioned yes it is important um for you know this is one of our main pillar empowering women and youth because we know that you know women have a unique power to to reshape societies and, and industries when you invest in a woman's health and empowerment it has a ripple effect you know, helping yeah. communities and, and countries achieve long lasting benefits. So that's why we are committed to, you know, ensure our women are giving full access to education and employment. Um, for example, last year we were, uh, we are proud to uh, launch and been a part of the first ever, you know, nationwide study on women participation in Saudi Arabia. And that, that has been done in partnering with the UN Women, the General Authority for Statistics, and King Saud University. Um, the study focused on the challenges uh, facing women in terms of social, economic, health, and education, um, educational experience across uh, uh, Saudi Arabia. You know, with, with this in mind, we 
can understand and address the barriers that Saudi women faces. And uh, other than that, we have you know, de dedicated our, our efforts in supporting a variety of projects to imp uh, empower women across different sectors, you know, such as raising awareness of uh, women's legal rights through our WAIA initiatives, and also offering training and employment programs, uh, empowering women in the government sector, and uh, encouraging um, you know, female craftsmanship uh, through our uh, uh, Triquas Mountain uh, 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 project. And the, the, you know, women empowerment is such an important, you know, uh, subject and, and clearly on top of everyone's agenda and something, you know, on a personal level, obviously I'm very passionate about and, and continue to empower. And I think when you're hearing, you know, empowerment done on that scale, it's incredibly challenging you know to, to do to run these initiatives and to ensure that that you know that research and, and that logistics and that planning and how you capture that sort of data and then how you sort of implement and make that change with what you what you now understood is is, is a huge task cream and something that you know I couldn't even fathom how you really start because it's such a broad subject isn't it and and the other thing that i love about edwali uh, you know philanthropies is your engagement within the arts you know to better people's lives and you've done a beautiful initiative the turquoise mountain initiative which was across saudi arabia afghanistan so can you tell us about how you use the arts also as a tool to better people um, well, you know, Albanese philanthropies is you know, commitment to, to preserve you know, heritage and, and craftsmanships. It's really important. That's why we partnered with Tequaz Mountain Institute to provide these artisans, particularly women, um, with artistic, technical, and economic uh, opportunities. You know, with that, you are preserving the local heritage and ultimately, you are supporting the whole community. Of course. Uh, because you are also collaborating with local entities to develop uh, crafts market and, and support these artisans to access new market and, and commercial opportunities. Uh, you know, we also supported this uh, initiative, uh, you know, as, as you mentioned in, in Afghanistan and Myanmar and, and Saudi Arabia. And so this is enabling them to sort of potentialize their skills also in a commercial way and create businesses and, and sort of these micro communities, which are allowing them to be business owners, right? An entrepreneur or using that artisanal skill and craft to, like you said, sort of create businesses. Is, is that what the sort of overall objective is from this? Yes, that is correct. Because you are, you are opening doors for them. You know, you're you're creating opportunities. You're preserving the skills, the the original heritage for for these communities. And that's something that you know I talk about endlessly when when I interview other guests. And, and again, another personal passion is that artisan you know, heritage and craft, and especially now where you know the youth are not very interested. And, and it's very difficult to get the mindset when they're into tech and they're into so many other, you know, um, things that inspire them. So to preserve that and to sort of continue it and allow that 
um, you know, the heritage to be protected is something that hopefully then inspires these future generations to want to continue, you know, championing, which is something that is, is, is wonderful to see. And it does, because I think once you're becoming, once you're sort of teaching them to be that independent and to have sort of entrepreneurial, then it becomes very interesting also for the younger gen. Um, another initiative that you did that was really very interesting and also very inspiring was the hero next to hero. So, and, and specifically on this one, you know, social media played a huge role in sharing all the information across the initiative. And I want to sort of ask you two things. One is to explain what the initiative was, and then also to explain to us how important was social media in driving this message? Uh, well, I want to, you know, begin first uh, talking generally, you know, for many years, media and, and international community um, have focused on the restriction that Saudi women faces and, and that, you know, this has created many wrong uh, perceptions and, and assumptions. Yes. Um, that's why elite philanthropies wanted to rewrite the narrative. You know, we took this opportunity to show that both men and women are the forefront in creating more equal work. And you know, this campaign we 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 inspired by the famous phrase "Behind every great man is a great woman." Yeah. Phrase traditionally focuses on men leading and women in the background. So we use creative videos that um, show women have a powerful role in uh, leading the change. Yes. However, for equality to be reached, both men and women need to uh, support each other. Yes, absolutely. So Hero Next to Hero, you know, was, was a campaign that showed behind every woman there's a, there's a husband, a father, or a brother that played an active role in, in supporting and empowering women uh, in, in Saudi Arabia. Um, Hero Next to Hero was one of our most successful campaigns that reached uh, 1.2 million views in six hours. Wow. Generated, yeah, we generated a lot of, uh, you know, widespread discussions. So, yeah. what, what's, what's brilliant about that specific point is that means clearly there is that desire that they are working together and you're absolutely right when people have this you know sort of media portrays a very different story and these are the examples that break those those misconceptions right because you're saying within six hours that amount of participation clearly means that there is that hero next to hero that there is that respect and then that there is that absolute intent to be that perfect equal partnership and that's really really inspiring to to sort of understand the numbers also that that initiative sort of uh, you know achieved um and another very inspiring i mean it's quite endless really because we can spend pretty much days talking about all the incredible things that you your you know el walid philanthropies achieves and does and then there's another initiative which we love which is tweet for heat and that was another really inspiring campaign that was all about supporting the plight of the Syrian refugees against, you know, obviously the winter conditions that they faced. And, and so, again, social media had a huge impact to play on that. And so please do share with us what that specific initiative and again, how technology 
was really crucial to playing a part in this? Well, you know, at the beginning, we saw that um, many campaigns um, have, you know, raised awareness uh, about supporting, you know, Syrian refugees at that time. Yeah. You know, however, a few campaigns reflected the real life uh, living condition of, of the refugees during winter. So yeah. this, and also this was made worse by insufficient donation to provide these refugees with the resources needed to stay warm. Um, you know, we, we, that's why we have partnered with the UNHCR. We wanted to use social media and technology to bring uh, people together to, yeah. to know the reality of life in the refugee camp. So we also wanted those um, in, in refugee to be, uh, to be the face of our campaign, telling their stories directly to the world. Yeah. So we amplify their voices. We developed an on-ground heat monitoring device that could share real lifetime updates by Twitter. Um, you know, you can, you can know the room temperature where like 50 refugee families were living. Wow. Um, this, this device highlighted the reality of winter condition to, you know, to Twitter community. And with, with less than a month, you know, we were able to convey refugees messages and spread awareness effectively, uh, where we have, you know, leading over 7,000 tweets, um, over $600 uh, raised in donation, and most importantly, over 5,000 refugee provided with resources uh, to keep warm during winter. Amazing, amazing. And it's a really interesting, you know, conversation to be had, isn't it, about the power of technology. And so, you know, today social media is used for so many, I guess, you know, um, fickle and, you know, we're, we're seeing how social media has these unrealistic aspirational mod role models and the way that it's it serves as not a positive tool and then we also on the other hand see how the use of social media is such a great positive enabler for these kind of initiatives and you know for all these global movements that are happening so there's this this you know this i guess frustration from people like me and other hundreds and thousands and millions of people who would love to see social media used so much more for that purpose rather than the purpose of just pure you know entertainment or showcasing these messages to especially when it comes to youth on these unrealistic um unrealistic lives right i mean this is the real use of this technology when you're showcasing you know refugees you're showcasing you know these initiatives are all about human engagement and and all about really showcasing to the world what they should be focusing and prioritizing on and what really means what what it really means to be a global citizen and what really really matters and so i think that kind of leads me on to my next point where we talk about obviously covid has brought tremendous challenges for everyone and it is one global initiative that hasn't been seen you know, in decades, there's never been anything like this where you know that every individual, you know, um, every corner and part of the world absolutely is affected in some way or another by this. And I'm certain that, you know, you're, you're, you started out the message when you said about 2020 being your year. And then for me, it's so amazing to see, well, the 2020, this is a fascinating year because there's been so much 
time to sort of reflect and to reset and to rethink really what priorities mean and and you know what life is all about and it's not about just consumption and fulfilling your own selfish desires you know it's given us the time certainly millions of people to sit and think it's not about that actually it's about giving back it's about caring it's about social impact community so i would imagine that for you, Reem, for al Walid Philanthropies, this is a huge moment for you because this would be the, the opportunity, right? Please talk to me about what COVID has meant for uh, organizations such as yourself. Sure. So, you know, um, the, you know, the pandemic has allowed us all to take a step back, you know, and, and change the way we live our lives. Uh, you know, this is this is actually you know a, a greater understanding of of the vital need to take care of uh, oneself as well as support the people you know in in your community, whether on a personal level or whether you know on on organization foundation, it's you know it's it's just this is the biggest opportunity for us to uh, harness the passion and uh, drive, you know, drive born from the pandemic to continue to uh, create better and healthier communities, you know, ac across the world. And for, for you, I believe, you know, if, if you are in a, in a position that you are able to contribute, you know, you should take the advantage to take a step and help. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's the, the main drive that you know people are certainly going to be looking at right is what what matters to everyone you know like i said it's a what what matters to the world you know they're really questioning and i think that the most important thing is when when you know the public start to question and they start to demand and they start to you know want to see a change that's when you know that there will be a global change and that's why you know philanthropic organizations such as yourself you know, have always been leading that change, but I think now will be, you know, more and more apparent how important the work that you do, because just everyone will be focusing on these initiatives and wanted to be a part of it. I think that's the bigger, bigger thing here more than ever. You should hope that people will want to be a part of what you do. And so I want to sort of sign off by, well, firstly, thanking you, Reem, for your time and for joining us and sharing such insights. And, you know, perhaps, you can share with us what you're looking forward to as an individual. I would love to know, you know, what you're looking forward to in your work, but also what is the change that you hope to see from the world? Well, you know, I would like to start by saying that this year has been an interesting year, you know, not, not just for me personally, but for the whole world. Um, you know, no one, is expected that a pandemic would um, shift the entire world. You know, a, a lot of plans, a lot of projects, a lot, it's just a lot of things that have been changed and shifted, but we were all, you know, as, as me and as a part of Adwadid Philanthropy, we were all positive and optimistic that tomorrow will be better. You know, as long as we are united, we are together, and we we actually saw how this pandemic brought, brought the whole world together to just you know stand yes. along and support support each other and that's what um 
mattered. And this is actually, you know, it gives us hope for, for tomorrow, for to continue. And, um, you know, as, as I said before, if you are in, in a position to, to help and you are fortunate enough to help the unfortunate, um, then, then that's, you know, no matter how much the impact it is, it will make a lot more uh, difference. Wow, Reem, I love what you just said, that if you're fortunate enough to help the unfortunate, what a fantastic quote and what a wonderful way to, to end our conversation. Truly inspiring, Reem, what the philanthropy does, its vision it, it is phenomenal. And clearly, you know, you're an individual who's got a lot of passion and, you know, a, a great amount of contribution to this. So I wish you the very best of luck. And, you know, we're very excited to continue seeing how this organization and foundation will continue to make all of the social impact. Thank you so much, Reem. Thank you. Thank you, Asiya. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a fantastic day ahead. You too. Thank you.